This is the Bill Kelly Show podcast. We have uh, taken the show on the road. Uh, this has uh, become an annual tradition for us, and uh, we're so glad to be part of it once again. A salute to tourism for the city of Hamilton. And uh, we are broadcasting live from the ground floor of the Lister Block in downtown Hamilton, which, of course, is the uh, headquarters for Tourism Hamilton. We're going to talk with a lot of the folks uh, from uh, the tourism department here in the city of Hamilton over the next uh, few hours, as well as some of the movers and shakers. And I know that we talk about this constantly and about, you know, tourism, and people sometimes shake their heads and say, Hamilton Tourism? Who comes here for tourism? You'd be surprised. Uh, It is a fabulous industry and a growing industry here. Uh, because of some of the things that we have to offer. And it's not just the usual things that you might think of, like the RBG. It's it's uh, it's First Ontario Centre. It's hockey. It's football. It's uh, some of the great things that are going on. And you're going to hear from a lot of those folks. But uh, as always, to kick off the program, we're so pleased to welcome the uh, the mayor for the city of Hamilton, Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger, is with us. Good morning, Mr. Mayor. How are you today? Bill, I am uh, absolutely spectacular because it isn't raining outside right now. It was earlier today. I know, it was. It was a little <laughs> drizzle today, but uh, it sounds like we're going to get some more. So. Well, the sun is shining. Actually, you're, you're here later on today as well because this uh, is part of the tourism uh, and salute to tourism for the city of Hamilton right now. Uh, the uh, the department's handing out some awards later on to that you're going to be part of. Yeah, we're uh, we're delighted to to have a lot of our ambassadors here uh, tonight, and you know what, tourism and tourism industry doesn't necessarily lie with the city of Hamilton. We are the facilitator coordinator, but uh, you know people that are out there in the industry that uh, are doing the baseball tournaments and running First Ontario Centre. Bringing in all the tourists are generally facilities that are either in the private sector or in the public sector that uh, draws those people in. So we want to acknowledge their great work and uh, let them know that we appreciate it. And it's important for the city of Hamilton. It's uh, it's about money and resources that uh, keeps our city going uh, in many respects, keeps the restaurants uh, happening and uh, our bars and uh, entertainment facilities are all Beacons of uh, attraction for uh, for tourists to come here to Hamilton. It's it's easy, I guess, to, to overlook that if you're a native Hamiltonian and you live, work, and, and play here all the time. Uh, you maybe don't understand the uh, the, the the depth of, of the tourism uh, department and the work that goes on here, and the number of people that actually come and visit the city. I mean, you know, you may be driving down the street one day on Fennel Avenue or down uh, and Centennial Parkway in your neck of the woods and. Oh, there's an Ohio license plate. Isn't that interesting? I wonder why they're up here. Well, it it happens more and more. Sure, and it happens because of uh, sports events that are happening, hockey tournaments that uh, that are ongoing, basketball tournaments, you name it, uh, baseball uh, coming up now, and uh, lots of people having tournaments as well. Pickleball. Big attractor in uh, in terms You're of You're a big uh, pickleball people. fan now. I, uh, I, Ever I, since the Canusa games. That's right. I, I haven't played in a long while, but I plan, I plan on playing this summer. But, I mean, all of those events attract people to the city of Hamilton. And we have, you know, 4.5 million visits from people out of town into Hamilton each and every year. That's a, that's that equates to about a 350 million dollar benefit to our greater greater economy. So these are not small numbers. Now, given we're not Niagara Falls and we're not uh, Toronto in terms of that that massive volume, but we're certainly uh, benefited by the great tourism that happens in the city. And you know what? The facilities that are there, we have more hotel rooms now than we used to have. And you know, you uh, back in the day, it was always a challenge to try and get those larger conventions to come here. And uh, we couldn't because the uh, the convention or the uh, hotel facilities weren't there. We're seeing now about 600 more beds available and, and, and continuing to grow. So all of that adds to the volume that we can actually do in terms of attracting people. Here. I remember speaking of events, I remember the first time, I guess it wasn't the first time, but the first time in recent memory that the Canadian Open was here at the Hamilton Golf and Country Club in Ancaster. Uh, 2001, I think it was. Anyway, long story short, uh, I, we sat on city council at the same time. And the, the, the concern there was we don't have enough hotels. You know, you know, I've got some of the greatest golfers in the world that are coming here, and, and plus all the PGA folks, because it's a, 
obviously it's one of the, the big tournaments on the PGA Tour. And, and we had people that were involved in the tournament that were staying in Burlington, in Oakville, because we just couldn't accommodate them. That's changing here. Yeah, changing uh, significantly. So uh, 600 additional more beds is a, is a big difference for us, and uh, that gets you to bump up the, uh, the convention size uh, significantly. And we have many, many that come, and of course we we do appreciate the, you know the Canada the Country Music Awards coming here every every uh, this year, uh, and uh, the last uh, couple of years ago we had the Junos here, and we we're, we're going to anticipate the Junos coming back somewhere down the road. Uh, those are all big draws that uh, that pull people into our city, and uh, you know what the economic spinoff of that uh, is significant. It's not small. Let's let's talk about how you attract these sorts of things, and I want to talk about some of the mega things for a second. Uh, as we go through the program today, we'll talk with uh, people like Anna Bradford from uh, Tourism and, uh, and and get some of the lowdown on some of the things that are going on. And you already mentioned some of the grassroots things, but those big events like the Junos, like the Canadian Country Music Awards, uh, like sports tournaments and things of that nature, like the the Canadian Open and things of that nature, is is it? I don't want to say easier, but is it is it? Less difficult now for, for the city to attract places like that since you've got a track record of success? Yeah, I think so. And, uh, and you know what, the, the last time the Junos were here, they, uh, they acknowledged that, uh, that this particular Juno, which actually originated, the format for the Junos originated here in Hamilton, the arena format. Yes. Uh, that was uh, that yeah, we was did our best, and everybody else copied it. Yeah, exactly. And 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 the Juno organizers wanted to kind of use that model across the country, and that's what they're doing now. But they uh, they, they they have said on on many occasions that the the music scene in Hamilton is more robust than people believe it to be, and uh, they absolutely love bringing the Junos here because it's such a, an appreciated and uh, well attended. Uh, event uh, here in Hamilton. So we it, it is a user. Once you've got that track record and people appreciate and understand that there's lots of vibrancy in your your community, and it's not just about the event, it's uh, how many restaurants do you have? Uh, you know, are there other music events or cultural events happening in the city? Do you have museums that people can attend to? You know, often it's not uh, not just a, a singular event that draws them here, it's, it's that event plus they want to see what the community is about in the general sense, and we are much more vibrant than we used to be in the past. So the volume has increased, and it's uh, it's uh, but it still takes an awful lot of work and a lot of preparation and and some uh, upfront investment. So uh, you know, each and every year uh, we we decide uh, which events we want to pursue. Our our uh, tourism team, uh, you know, obviously asks for resources from the city of Hamilton to be able to pursue them because those bids do cost some money to pull together. I, I still remember the story from 1986 when the Canada Cup was here and that, that great tournament that uh, Canada won. Uh, last minute goal, Gretzky and Lemieux, and there's a, a picture of it, I think, that hung in Cops Coliseum for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gabe Macalusa could tell me where it is right now. I'm, I'm sure, I'm not sure if it's there now. But anyway, long story short, the, one of the reasons we got the tournament, of course, was Alan Eagleson was involved with Team Canada at the time, and he was having a tiff with Harold Ballard, so they weren't going to have it in Toronto. So we kind of won it by default, and Cops was a relatively new arena. So it was great that it was here, and the you know, capacity crowds for all the games, and it was fabulous. But I remember reading a story at the time uh, from some of the players who were here during the tournament, from King Canada at the time. They were saying, this is great, wow, wow. But they said, you know what, as soon as we step outside the arena, this city's dead. There's nothing going on. Now, that was 1986. You know, where do you go to for after hours to have a beer or to celebrate or to even go and have a late dinner? And there weren't too many options at that stage. Right. You look at what's happened, even from where we are, right around the corner here on King William Street, uh, up John Street, up James Street, to some of the the restaurants and some of the the night spots that are here. This is this is a changing city. 
changing city. Uh, the restaurant scene is just growing in leaps and bounds. And, uh, you know, the list of folks that have come in and, uh, and established themselves here is quite long. I mean, uh, you know, the French just down the street yeah. here in the Berkeley. Uh, and, you know, and, and they, it used to be that people went to the restaurants, uh, you know, Friday, Saturday or Sunday. Uh, you can go there on a Monday and have a difficult time trying to get a seat. Uh, you better call ahead. Week. You got to call ahead. You have to reserve. And, and, you know, that's good news for the city. And it's not just happening here. It's happening on Ottawa Street. It's happening up on Concession Street. Uh, there, there seems well, we to had be a story a, this week you heard that the, the Toronto investors, restaurateurs now, are looking at Barton Street. They and, are. And, and part of the reason for that is because there's no other spaces around here. Well, and, and, it's, and it's affordable for them. And, you know, yeah. when, when, when the restaurant scene is that people are attending these things, uh, you know, throughout the week and they're, uh, they're, they're full, then uh, they, can ha- they can actually reduce their overhead by not being in Toronto and still, still make just as much money because the restaurants are still full. So they see, uh, they see Hamilton now as, a, uh, as an opportunity for them to get in on the ground floor and develop the, uh, the, the kind of ambiance and restaurants that, are, that people are actually uh, out there searching for. And when you're, when you're looking for big events like that, you're 100% right. It's not just about come to First Ontario Place and go to a concert. It is what else is there around there? What, where can I go for dinner? Can I have a beer afterwards or beforehand? Uh, it's part of the whole package that, uh, that people are now appreciating, and Hamilton has that now in spades. I mean, there were a couple of places back in those days. You know, you had obviously Shakespeare's down the street on Main Street and La Cantina and a couple of places like that, but they were, they were, and they were excellent. I mean, they were fabulous restaurants, but there were few and far between. But you look at the, the plethora of, of establishments you've got, uh, from La Piazza to some of the places you've just talked about here, just around on King William Street and down here. Uh, we're sitting right here on James Street, and, and which is one of the great success stories, I think, in, 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 in grassroots growth about how a city can actually rejuvenate itself. And isn't it interesting that uh, with that rejuvenation, this has really kind of become the center, the heartthrob of, uh, and the heartbeat of a lot of the rejuvenation that's happening with economic development and with tourism. It's all starting because of things like street crawl, super crawl, things yep. like that. Yep. But it's also, uh, you know, as a result of, and you know, we talked about this, uh, you know, 20 years ago, is how do we get more residents into the into the heart of the city? And when you do that, uh, that that becomes the draw for all the restaurants that are starting to populate here. So right next door, we got a student uh, housing facility being built. Uh, it's going to be 16 or 17 stories going up right now across the way at uh, the kitty corner of this building. Another partially student residence and condominium happening. Uh, the Tivoli is, uh, you know, up and up and up and coming. Other buildings are actually going up. Uh, the cannot getting finished. Uh, I mean, all of that volume adds to the dynamic, uh, you know, atmosphere that really creates a sense of community. Well, you got the temp- you got the Templar Lofts right down the street, about four doors down here. The, 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 the guys at Core Urban, though, you know, the, the Sauvés and Steve Kulikowski. I mean, that would, incredible developments they're doing down here. So they're they're not only attracting, uh, you know, filling up the business space or so the commercial space, but they're they're also in, infilling. A lot of residential space as well, and that's that's the kind of populace that actually will populate all of these great restaurants on a on a regular basis. And then the tourism adds that uh, additional volume to all of that when the events are on. So it's a great happy mix, and uh, the 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 ambiance here downtown. People need to come down and enjoy it and uh, appreciate it. But you know, there's great ambiance in Ancaster as well. Some great restaurants uh, happening in the you know the historic. Core and down in Stony Creek, a completely revamped village restaurant doing a spectacularly well, uh, and a number of other locations along the strip. And it seems like all of our nodes, and you know we have a nodes and quarters development strategy, they're all they're all starting to uh, to flourish, and uh, that's good news for the overall city. Well, I mean, and you've got those businesses that are happening. I'm glad you mentioned that. I mean, you, you got like the Kershaw brothers. You got Matt running a few places downtown here, and Andrew up at Russo House in Ancaster. Mm-hmm. They're doing pretty well, thank you very much. But what I find interesting about this is the number of people from out of town 
that are coming here to go to dinner. Just Not to just visit. to go to a show, but they're coming here because, hey, they say, hey, the dining here is really good. And I've run into people that are from out of town. That's, just like we in Hamilton used to say, well, if you want a really good evening out, you've got to go to Toronto, uh, maybe to Yorkville and see it's just some of the nice restaurants here. Now a lot of those folks are coming down here because of some of the restaurants. Well, and it's also, you know, it's easier to get here now. I mean, the, the go connections are better. Uh, that's improving significantly. And, uh, you know, when, when, when we do have all-day go service down the road, and I expect that's uh, you know three or four years away. That that is going to lift the the city even more in terms of people being able to connect to the city of Hamilton with uh, within easy commute distance as opposed to driving distance. And that that's going to make a huge difference. But it's already happening. You know what I can tell you, on a daily basis I meet people that uh, come up to me and say, you know what, I used to live in Toronto. Uh, we sold a house or we retired or we're. We cashed in or whatever, sold a business, and uh, have come to Hamilton and absolutely love the ambiance here in Hamilton. Uh, you know, bought a nice house on, uh, you know, in and around Gage Park or, uh, you know, up in the West Mountain or West, uh, West Hamilton. And they're, uh, they're just delighted to be here. And they, they, the quality of life is still not as hectic as it is in Toronto. Uh, but the, uh, all the services and all the facilities that they, look, they are interested in, the theaters, the, uh, the restaurants, and the, uh, the concert venues are all here, and they're happening, and uh, they really appreciate that. It's, it's interesting to see how these things have evolved, and I can remember uh, talking with some of the economic development staff back in the late 1990s, and, and it was a wish list back in those days. Uh, the, boy, someday, someday, uh, Councillor Eisenberger, as it was back in those days, somebody's going to develop the Lister block, and and that's going to be a, a key part of this. And and of course, uh, at, at that time, of course, the uh, Theater Aquarius was a relatively new enterprise just down the street, and they said those are going to be your two anchors, and King William Street's going to fill in in the middle. I said, yeah, well, good luck with that, because it just didn't seem to be happening. But yeah. all of a sudden, of course, the city got deeply involved in the Lister block project. And, and now you have seen organically the development that's happening right along King William Street here, for instance, uh, where once there were closed down shops, you've got restaurants, you've got, as we mentioned, the core urban folks and some of the developments they've done around Houston and, and King William Street. And, and, of course, the plans you've got for that other place, that nighttime establishment down there that uh, is going to be a park at some point in mm-hmm. the not-too-distant future. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, this street's developing. Yeah, it, it's exactly the way they had hoped that it was going to be 25 years ago. I, I think the vision has always been there. It's it was a matter of execution and having the right uh, economic dynamic. And you know, you recall when we were both on council, we put in place uh, you know the reduced development charge uh, yeah. fees uh, downtown to to inspire people to uh, to consider downtown as an investment opportunity. It took the better part of 15 years for that to actually take hold. Uh, back in those days, the banks wouldn't lend money to anyone uh, that was interested in purchasing a, a property down here because they thought it was too risky. But then the cultural thing started to happen, and super crawl started to happen, and people started to populate the, uh, you know, the, the the places that they thought otherwise might not be a good investment opportunity. The artisans started to come in. Uh, that happened on Lock Street. It happens on Ottawa Street. It's happening now on, it has happened on James Street. And that kind of cultural change led to a, a higher degree of confidence in the banking community. Um, those development charge reductions actually inspired people to take a second look at Hamilton. And now they're really starting to take hold, and we're now starting to think about, you know, are we, are we going to start phasing out these development charge uh, benefits in this particular area? Because uh, they're no longer necessary, and that's a, that's a good scenario for us to be in. Uh, they're not gone yet. I think they're reducing about 10% per year over the next, uh, you know, 10 or 15 years. 
but there's still a strong incentive for people to come and do a development here, and you know, and they're taking up on that. And you know, here and across the street, and uh, in many other locations, they're uh, they're they're seizing the opportunity to create new developments. You've got about a minute or so left here. You're on the road a lot to, to Ottawa, to the federal government, and, and obviously to Queens Park. But uh, with the large urban mayors and with the Federation of Canadian Municipalities, etc., you're talking to other leaders in other parts of the country and other cities now as well. Uh, what, what are you hearing? What kind of feedback are you getting about what's happening here in Hamilton? Again, because we're so close to it a lot of the time, uh, you don't see the forest for the trees. But, but give me that outside perspective. Well, you know, the, uh, the, for, for internally, uh, you know, <clears throat> the grass is always greener somewhere else. But when you go somewhere else, and uh, as you say, when I meet with the mayors across the country, uh, they're always asking, what's going on in Hamilton? There's a buzz. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's transforming itself. Uh, and they hear about, you know, maybe the RLRT woes, which was uh, certainly a topic of discussion for quite some time. Hopefully that'll... I can go to them now with confidence and say we've crossed that hurdle. Yeah, you know that uh, thing about there's no such thing as bad publicity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah there is. Yeah, there is, yeah. <laughs> it didn't resonate well beyond <laughs> Hamilton. They were all kind of scratching their heads going, are you crazy? Uh, but, you know, council came around to, uh, you know, making, I think, a positive common sense uh, direction that, uh, that will take that investment and, and, and make it work to even enhance our ability to, uh, to grow our city even more, especially on the, the inner city where you want that growth to happen on existing infrastructure. So when I, when I talk to other people, and, I mean, I go to a hotel in Ottawa and, you know, former Hamiltonian there, there's, uh, you know, behind the counter saying, yeah, I moved to Ottawa, got this job, but I love what's going on in Hamilton. People are paying attention. Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger, uh, we're here, of course, at the Lister Block here for Tourism Hamilton, a salute to tourism. Thanks so much for coming by. Always a pleasure. And we'll see you here later on tonight, of course, for the All Tourism right. Awards. Enjoy the halls. We'll do a great... <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a big break. That's that cold that the whole city seems to be suffering from right now. The Bill Kelly Show coming to you live from the Lister Block. It's Tourism Hamilton on 900 CHML. You're listening to The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML. This is the Salute to Tourism Week. It's become an annual tradition. Uh, Scott Thompson will be doing his show from noon to three uh, from the same location later on today. Uh, lots of folks to talk about, though. When uh, tourism is is actually one of the growth industries here in this city, and uh, to talk about that and the impact it's having, and the people that are making it happen, uh, we're so pleased to welcome our next uh, couple of guests here. Anna Bradford is the director of tourism and culture for the city of Hamilton. Good to see you again, Anna. Good morning, Bill. Great to have you with us, and of course. Also, Carrie Brooks, joiner, the manager of tourism and events. Thanks for being here. Or I shouldn't say that. Thank you for inviting us here. You're here all the time, aren't you? <laughs> it's wonderful to have. Now we're in, we're in your nest here. That's that's good to see. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, about some of the people that are involved in this, Carrie. I want to start with that, as uh, the mayor was just alluding to just a few minutes ago. This is a, uh, when you look at the growth of the tourism area here in this Hamilton and, and, and the way that it's happened over the last number of years. It's it's very much a grassroots uh, project in many ways. It's 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 small groups, small community groups, small individuals that are actually coming together to make this happen. Well, that's very true, Bill. We look at every Hamilton resident as being a tourism ambassador. And of course, we want people to invite their friends and family to come to Hamilton and enjoy what we have to offer. But we also know that it's Hamilton residents that are bringing other types of tourism business to the city. It's, it's those that are involved in some of our, our local sports organizations and in professional organizations and community organizations that have annual conferences, tournaments and events. And they are bringing those types of events into Hamilton too and that is driving tourism. You never know uh, how the word gets out or where people are and how they have find out about Hamilton. It's, it's amazing some of the stories you hear sometimes, isn't it? It is indeed. Well, we provide a very warm Hamilton welcome to 
people who uh, visit our city, and word is, is getting out that Hamilton is the place to be. I remember back in the early 1990s, I was uh, with a bunch of CHML listeners who we went down to Boston. I used to go see the Blue Jays, but I'm a Red Sox fan, so I was yeah. in my element there at Fenway Park, or Fenway Pack, as they call it. And, and I'm there before the game for batting practice, and I want to go down and get a couple of autographs uh, on a baseball for my son. And, uh, you know, security and everything. But there's a guy down there from the, the, the ballpark. He's probably 18, 19 years old, a young guy working there as an usher. And I, I asked him to come down there. He says, well, I said, oh, are you guys from Toronto? And I said, no, no, I'm not. Re- I'm from the city near Toronto called Hamilton. And the guy looked at me. He, this is a guy like 18 years old. And he says, Tiger Cats. I said, how do you know that? In how do you know that? And he says, oh, I'm a football fan. I know the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Everybody knows the Hamilton Tiger Cats. How are they doing this year? Oh, they weren't doing well, but it's said, oh, fabulous. Yeah, great to see you. But it's and just amazing. But and, and he knew about that from the sports venue, but he knew about the city, obviously, because mm-hmm. he watched some of the games on television down there, I guess on ESPN. And, and it's, a, it, it's, it's a, a gateway, really, for people to find out about this city and about what's going on here. Absolutely. I mean, the, the Tiger Cats are on TV, and we certainly yeah. have a loyal following uh, nationally through the TV broadcast, but that also is, is helping to promote Hamilton. And, and events like the Canadian Country Music Week that is coming in September of 2018, um, we're, we're thrilled to welcome it back to Hamilton. And we're seeing some of these major events have a successful time here in Hamilton, and they keep coming back. Well, I remember the last time they were here, and actually it was kind of a perfect storm of country music and, and pop music because Supercrawl mm-hmm. was going on the same weekend. And you couldn't move on the streets. And I'm not just talking during Supercrawl on that Saturday. I mean, that whole week it was just incredible, wasn't it? It was indeed. And we're certainly looking to repeat that success. And it's great to see that, as you say, with past successes, and, you know, Mayor Eisenberger was talking about the Juno Awards coming back here, and, and the template that the Junos really used for the awards ceremony was developed right here in Hamilton some years ago. Uh, let's face it, I think the Juno folks would be one of the first ones to tell you they were they were a little shaky, things weren't going well, and, and they really needed a boost, and, and Hamilton gave it to them, and I think really kind of rejuvenated the awards. Uh, so they love to come back here. I mean, they see this as, as, a, as a, a solid pace for it and part of the foundation of, of what they've become over the last number of years. Absolutely, and there were representatives from the Canadian Country Music Week at the Junos, saw what a fabulous uh, job we did and how welcoming the city was, and it was at that point they invited us to submit a bid to have the Country Music Week come. So certainly um, these kinds of events do draw other events. Anna, one of the things that I'm always impressed about here, and I talked with Mayor Eisenberger about some of the big events that have come here. We've had the Canadian Open here a couple of times in recent years, uh, of course, up at uh, Hamilton Golf and Country Club in Ancaster, uh, the World Cycling Championships and the Canadian Cycling Championships, too, a few years ago. But but it's it's the way that the city gets behind some of the other events. And uh, uh, your, your calendar is always full. And, of course, we got a big national event, I guess, that Hamilton's going to be a participant in this year. Yes, that's Canada 150. Yeah. So, um Council this year put some money together and put it into a um, grants program for the community so that all communities can be celebrating Canada's birthday and we received over 300 applications for that money. So we have at least 300 events going on this year but we know that there's much more. And even events that are our annual events, they're putting a Canada 150 twist on it. So this weekend there's the uh, Dundas Busker Fest and there is the reenactment of the Battle of Stony Creek. They'll both have little nuances on Canada's birthday. Well, we were talking with the folks with Imagine in the Park, which happens every year, of course, at yes. Gage Park, and they're putting a Canada 150 bent on theirs now, too, because they were one of the groups that, that made application mm-hmm. and, and got some some money from them to do this sort of thing, too. But it, it's it's really kind of uh, the, the way that people are kind of gravitating and moving into these sorts of things right now. 
and it's it's a it's a wonderful combination of new events that are going to be popping up, and and as you say, some of the long time events that we've seen here for a long time that are starting to to say, okay, we can be part of that as well and kind of gear our programs towards that event. That's right. And one thing I'd like to tell you about is Canada Day this year because it's going to be spectacular down at Bayfront Park. So it is on, obviously, July 1st, which is a Saturday. But we That's have helpful. <laughs> yes, and we have a wonderful lineup. We have Julie Black, we have Steve Strongman, and we have Sarah Sleen. But in addition to that, we have 11 tall ships coming in for the day. Now, I'm trying to recall back... It was probably 15, 20 years ago when the tall ships were touring the Great Lakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've never seen these things, it is remarkable uh, to, to go down there uh, and, and, and to have a look at them, to tour. There's some of the ones that actually allow you on board to, to have a look at some of these things. It, it is a phenomenal experience. Yes, it is. Last, the last time we actually had some here was in 2013. Yeah. But what's going to be different this year is that we do have 11, which is an enormous amount of small ships coming in. <laughs> yes. And um, there will be a, a fabulous parade of sail on, on Friday night where people can view them from all sorts of points. But the um, onboard tours this year will be free to everybody. Oh, that's fabulous. This is one of the great things that, that I've seen is in the evolution of tourism here. And, and we talked about, you know, in the old days, about what were some of the magnets. And, and there were some of the things, like obviously the, the museums. And I know that was uh, part of your responsibility for many, many years, of course, here. The, the, the so many museums. And, and what I find interesting about this is there's so many people in the city that may not even know what we have available to us here uh, in the way of historical sites and museums in the city. Uh, but the word's getting out. Outside people are starting to come here because of that. Oh, absolutely. And any time people want to know what's going on, is just go to our website. Our tourism website is updated constantly. We also, uh, people can sign up for our uh, Twitter account, and they'll, they will know everything that's happening in the city. I mean, you have Dundurn Castle. Okay, we get that. And Whitehurn right around by City Hall. And, and of course, the Children's Museum down at Gage Park, as we were talking about, the Museum of Steam and Technology. <laughs> There's a, there's a lot going on here. I mean, it, it celebrates Hamilton's history, but it also celebrates, I think, some of the wonderful things that have been happening here in the city over the last number of years. Yes. Yeah, so it, um, Also, there's many, many events that are happening at the museums that are Canada 150. So Dundurn is um, doing Dundurn at 50 because 1967, that was the city's um, centennial project. So it's now been 50 years since Dundurn Castle was restored as that project, so we're celebrating Dundurn at 50. Also, Canadian Warplane Heritage is doing a... Um, wonderful event it's called uh, air force day past present and future so if you go on the canadian warplane heritage website you can find all the information on that you're both too young to remember 1967 and the centennial year <laughs> yeah. but, but but i was I, I was just a young buck at the time but i mean i remember some of the festivities that were going on and and some of the great events mm-hmm. and and what it does is it, it really kind of ties everything together and i guess incorporates all these fabulous facilities into in kind of a common theme and we're going to do that again for canada 150 right yeah and on Canada Day too uh, we always have this wonderful fireworks show and it's going to be even more spectacular this year but Boris Broad it's going to be done live to the National Orchestra so he will be playing live and it will be all choreographed the fireworks show to um, that concert so that's something very different this year also a couple of other things that are different this year is a day on the bridge June 11th so that is the uh, yeah, CHML is involved in that we're one of the sponsors talk to us about that oh yeah that's going to be pretty amazing so from noon to 5 it's going to be open to the public there'll be food trucks there there'll be art installations 
people are encouraged to just bring their picnics down, come on to the bridge and take a, these spectacular views that you would never see before. And then from 5 to, uh, I believe it's 10, there is a um, dinner on the bridge. So on the bridge itself, there will be a ticketed dinner, but that's not going to stop people from being on the roadways and things like that. This is a, a novel idea, and, and I know that when it was first floated, and we talked to some of the folks that were involved in this, and, and they said, well, you should see the view from there. And I said, you know, the problem is, unless you're walking or cycling, and there's a lot more people doing that these days, it's, it's something that's over in two seconds. Because if you're driving it, by the way, you shouldn't be looking over there at the bay. You should be looking on the road. So you don't really get to see it, but it is one of the most spectacular spots to, to uh, take in the beauty of this city in which we live. And right there, if you look over by the waterfront and into the bay, and even to the other side over to Cooch Paradise. Yes, it's it's stunning. And if you don't see it, if you've only seen it from a car, you've never really seen no, it. No, exactly. So this is a, a once-in-a-lifetime event. So again, it's June 11th. If you go to their website, A Day on the Bridge. Also, our wonderful local Hamilton Community Foundation is sponsoring a day on July 2nd. So it's kind of rounding out Sunday, July 2nd, rounding out the Canada Day weekend. And they're going to be offering uh, free admission to all the museums and recreation centers on that day. So again, go to their website and find out all the information because that's just a, a great activity for families. We should mention, by the way, as well, and if you go to the website, you'll get all this. But back to the day on the bridge for just a second. Uh, a part of the proceeds, of course, that are going to be raised for that are going to go to the restoration of some of the great ecosystems, uh, of course, at Cooch Paradise and with Hamilton Bay as well. So, I mean, this is this is a win-win situation. Absolutely. I think that their goal was to raise about a million dollars if they could. Yeah. And so it'll be a wonderful night. Uh, hopefully the weather's going to be on side with them as well. Uh, I don't want to say that, that you guys have an easy job because it's, it has its challenges. Uh, but, you know, I go back to the, to the bad old days in the, uh, the late 1990s when I was talking with Mayor Eisenberger uh, with the folks at Economic Development at that time. And they said, boy, it's really hard to, to, to get the message out about Hamilton right now. Hamilton's starting to sell itself right now, and that's the great news. And more people are starting to find out about some of the great things that you guys are doing, Carrie. But you've got a lot of competition now, too. Uh, in other words, we're, we've kind of elevated ourselves into the big leagues with some of the other great tourism centers around here. So you, you really got to be on your game here to, 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 to be fresh and to, and to get that message out about what's available here, don't you? We do indeed. And we do have some advantages over some of our, our neighboring competitors. And one thing is, is our um, recent investment into hotel rooms. So we have 600 new or refurbished hotel rooms in Hamilton, and that's certainly given us a competitive advantage. We have also award-winning accommodations as well. For example, Serenity Ranch is uh, rated the number one bed and breakfast in Canada. Just outside on, of Ancaster. Right. It's a great place. Based on uh, um, uh, visitors and their um, uh, voting on TripAdvisor. And the Best Western Sea Premier Hotel by Carmen's, which is a boutique hotel on the mountain, is also uh, an award-winning hotel and is rated one of the top ten in, in Canada on TripAdvisor. Well, P.J. McKenney is going to be with us in just a few minutes. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that, I'm sure. I know he has other things he wants to get into about some of the work at Carmen's. But I remember talking with his dad, Peter, when they were building this, and, and he says, you know, they, we always heard, who's going to go to a hotel way out in that end of town? Try to get a room. Exactly. I mean, it's, it, 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 people come to Hamilton. They say, we want to stay at that hotel. The restaurant's great. Uh, the staff are great. The ambiance is mm -hmm. sensational. Uh, and it's, it's just a fabulous location, one of the great success stories around here. Uh, and, and it really, it really, I think, uh, is, is a testimony to, first of all, to the McCandy family, obviously, but also, I think, to some of the other economic development. Listen, i got a few minutes left, and I, I would be remiss 
if I did not ask you guys about uh, the uh, the television and film industry and the impact that that's had. Uh, back when Sue Monarch was still here, I always used to bring Sue and I said, get, get over here. Who's coming into town? I've got to find out about this. Because you can't drive here more than five or six blocks, especially this time of year, without seeing a TV or a movie set someplace. And Anna, I know that this is it's already been a busy spring, but it's going to be a busy summer for Hamilton, too. It's been an incredibly busy spring. So to date, we've issued 82 film permits already. And we're doing very, very well in terms of um, larger size productions. So some of the um, ones that we've done recently is The Handmaid's Tale which is Margaret Atwood, yep. was wrapped up in uh, February. It's on we, American television now. Yes, and we also did another Margaret Atwood, which is Alias Grace, and it was filmed up at the uh, Shadoka State. They were up there for about 40 days. So you can imagine the, the payments we received for that, but that's wonderful. You're still doing The Good Witch here? Uh, the Good Witch, I believe, is still continuing, yep. yes. We just did another uh, film called Stockholm, which is about the Stockholm Syndrome. Oh, yeah. And it had Ethan Hawke in it. It was down at uh, Leuna Station, and they, they transferred the front lobby into uh, a 1970s bank. <laughs> and we also had an opportunity to go down and watch it for a while. It was really pretty amazing. So, yes, there's um, many, many things that are going Well, and, and again, I'm going to get into one of my fan favorites here because it's one of my favorite shows. But, of course, I'm, I'm always after you guys and, and to Jackie Norton. I said, when's Murdoch Mysteries coming back on scene here? Because they're here a lot, aren't they? Yes, and I've got a note here saying Murdoch Mysteries is coming back to Hamilton uh, for several locations this summer for their 11th season. Yeah, I mean, they're all over the place here. I mean, you know, we've seen them at the Scottish Rite. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they use Whitehearn, of course, for a lot of their shots. Uh, some other downtown locations, some other buildings. They've used the Hamilton Club a number of times. Yeah. But they're also in some of the rural areas. I know they use Christie's a lot of the time yes. for some of their outdoor scenes. I mean, they, right. they love it here, don't they? Yeah, I always like watching it because the uh, the police station is actually yeah. our Hamilton Museum of Steam and Technology. Yeah, it is. And it's it, you know, watching the show, and you think, hey, I, look at that, that's that building. And it, it's really kind of cool to see that. And the same thing if you watch The Good Witch and you see some of the locations. I know a lot of them are interior. But you see some outside shots from time to time. You can't buy publicity like that, can you? No, you can't. And certainly it's our architecture and our landscapes that are drawing film sets. But also uh, we're, we're trying to make Hamilton a very easy community to work with for the film industry. And that's helping to drive business here as well. Well, and, and the province has been helpful. I mean, in fairness, we have to ask, because they've been pretty good about allowing for grants and things like that to try to encourage that industry to come up here. Uh, and I know there have been some challenges, the way the loony has fluctuated from time to time. But if they like a place, they'll, they'll come back, and they, they seem to like working here. Yes, and the provinces have been very, very good to us. So we have a great, um, close working relationship with them. So, yeah, it's a benefit to everybody. And, and that's not just the idea of, you know, when, when you see something on TV, Carrie, and say, oh, that's great, that's Hamilton. Uh, you look at the employment opportunities here, because when they come here, yeah, of course, the, for uh, the large part, especially for some of the movies, They've got their own crews, and, and, and you know, there's, and there's union things, etc., going on. But there's a lot of local people that work as a result of this too, uh, catering things of that nature. Uh, some of the ancillary industries uh, that, that are employed here. That every time there's a movie set, they get the phone call and said, "Hey, we need you again," and that that helps the local economy. Absolutely, and and, and tourism is a is a growth industry, and we're certainly seeing employment in the hospitality uh, industry growing as well. And that's an area that we're seeing uh, opportunities for young people, and we certainly want to see our young people in Hamilton. I, I think we're getting into summer weather now. I, I like that we've had two or three days of relatively warm weather. Uh, and that also means festival season, and that's been a big draw for the, the city over the years, hasn't it, Anna? 
oh yes, we've been a city of festivals for a very long time. so festival of friends is going back to gage park this year we have seven sundays in gage park, several other festivals in gage park, but also supercrawl certainly everybody looks forward to that but there's many arts festivals, cactus festival, some of our more heritage or signature festivals they're all here well and and i it's also obviously depending on the warmer weather but i mean you've got ancaster heritage days uh, of course so uh, right down the main street in, in ancaster and that goes on every year you've got the lock street festival that's going on and and again as locals may say well yeah that's kind of neat for all the local people but it's amazing when you go to those places and of course you mentioned uh, you know the reenactment of the the battle of stony creek uh, and some of the things that are going on in Flag Day at Stony Creek as well, mm-hmm. another festival that's coming up in just a few weeks, I guess now. Uh, the number of people from out of town that come to these things, I mean, because they've heard about them, maybe participated in them at one time, and they keep coming back year after year. Yeah, they're, they're coming back because um, they're looking for that authenticity of the events that we have here. So some of the other ones certainly that are our events are Winona Peach Festival, been going on for years, great event. Um, Supercrawl always, Telling Tales Festival out at Westfield. It's a wonderful yeah. festival for families to go to. All the, the uh, fairs we have here in the fall, they're all excellent fairs, and they bring in a lot of people, but they're looking for that Hamilton tone theme. Guys, keep doing what you're doing, because <laughs> okay. it's working, yes. uh, and continued success. And, and thanks again for having us down here. It's always a pleasure talking with you guys. I really appreciate the time today. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Anna Bradford and uh, Carrie Brooks join her, of course, uh, from Tourism Events and uh, the Tourism and Culture Department. You're listening to The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML. Right now, though, I want to talk about downtown investment and uh, one group in particular that has been uh, at the forefront, uh, among many others, uh, in downtown redevelopment. We've talked about hotel space and about convention space and about attracting conventions and things of that nature. Well, the Carmen's Group is front and center when it comes to an awful lot of that. And to, to that end, we're so pleased, pleased rather, to welcome our good friend P.J. McCanny, the CEO of Carmen's Incorporated, and Amar Balika, of course, the director of sales at the Hamilton Convention Center by Carmen's, uh, to the program to talk about that. Guys, thanks for coming in here. Thanks it's for good to be thank here. You. Thanks, thank you for having Good us. to see you. It's becoming an annual tradition now, Amar. Absolutely. Good to have I you with us. I look forward to it. I look forward to it. Well, I'll this get day. you out of the office for a little while. <laughs> he dresses up for it, too. Yeah. I'm thankful. <laughs> I'm very thankful. <laughs> uh, let, let, I, I just mentioned to PJ here. Are you going to talk about Notre Dame or are you going to talk about tourism here? We can we, talk we, about you all wear of both it. hats, don't we, you? We, we, we are proud fighting Irish fans, and we have a lot of uh, faith this year. In, uh, in Coach Kelly, good good Irish name. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and I think that them and the Tabbies are going to have great years. I, I I wait. I sang to Rebecca. I said I'm waiting for the day when the announcement is going to be made that the uh, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish are going to play an exhibition game at Tim Horton Field, <laughs> and I'm going to say PJ finally got to Bob Young. <laughs> finally got to, and don't say it's not going to happen because can, I know we can make it happen. It can yeah, happen in, it can in some way, happen. shape, or form. Absolutely. What attracted you guys? And this is going back to conversations I had with your dad, of course, Peter McCanny, and and his and 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 your late uncle Morris, many many years ago. Uh, you guys have, of course, had great success uh, up on the mountain with, with the Sea Hotel and with the Banquet Center, of course, that's up there. But you, you've always had an affiliation and an attraction to downtown. And, Absolutely. And, and that's, it's, it's amazing how that has really manifested itself with the investment that you guys have made here over the last little while. Sure. Well, we remember, and my fa- father and uncle certainly have shared the stories of the downtown that they remembered back mm-hmm. in the 50s and 60s and 70s and how vibrant and, and energetic it was. And so 
in the last few years, we've obviously felt the, the early momentum that's been building downtown. And, and so we thought it was perfect timing for our group to, to get more involved in some hospitality activity downtown. But what did you guys see? I mean, I, I know there have been others. And I, I, I hate to get into names because you always to the exclusion of sometimes. Sure. But, but the Mercanti group and, and Darko Vrandich were mm-hmm. two guys who basically said, you know what, nobody else is doing this. We see a jewel here. Mm-hmm. What, what, did, what, what did you guys see here so that, that one so many the, others ignored? One of ignored? the first things was uh, just beautiful infrastructure. We, we don't realize sometimes how great the infrastructure in downtown is and how, how the bones are there you know, for, for bigger things. And so when we saw the, the space of the convention center, we saw it as being a little bit tired, but, but with a bit, of, uh, a bit of makeup and a bit of a, a changed uh, you know, makeover, uh, we felt that we could reignite some life into the facility, and and so we've been very fortunate that that since our you know our takeover of the operations, that successful things and good things have been happening there. You know we've been able to attract a lot more uh, in the form of convention and 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 events, and uh, and we feel that the train is just picking up, that the momentum is just starting. But but we've you know we realize that uh, that any city needs to have a vibrant downtown core. And, and the fact that, you know, the art movement, you know, was happening, the culinary movement was happening, it was great timing for us to, to, uh, to put a flag downtown and, and, you know, with more good things to come. But when you look at the facility, Amar, uh, and, and the convention center downtown, uh, it's, it's an older facility, Absolutely. especially as convention centers go. Sure. Uh, Toronto seems to build a new one every three years, you know, <laughs> in some part of the city right now. And, and we've seen this happen in other cities as well. Uh, it, it's challenging. You, you guys are filling the hall. How do you do this? Absolutely. And I mean, the biggest challenge we find, uh, you know, as much as we can invest in the infrastructure of the facility, as PJ had alluded to, as part of our commitment to the city, uh, the biggest challenge is just getting people and these large organizations and associations to consider Hamilton. It's it's once we get them to Hamilton, um, you know, our beautiful waterfront redevelopment, the downtown core, which is now night and day from what it was even five years ago. Uh, I mean, once they're in Hamilton, consider it consider it a done deal almost. It's just a, a fact of getting them to consider Hamilton. But and, and that's changed. I mean, because that Absolutely. was a challenging situation many years ago too. I, I early in the uh, the show I was talking about the start in 1986 when the Canada Cup was here and and uh, after they'd won a big game, it wasn't the championship, but one of the other games, Gretzky and Lemieux and a few of the guys they were walking along there and they made some comment to one of the Spectre reporters at the time that said, "There's nothing going on in this city. Not much to see. You know, it's great having the fans in the arena, but once <laughs> everybody leaves the arena, there's nothing going on. That's not the case down here anymore. No, absolutely not. A few weeks ago, I was going for a run down James Street. I go to the Y and, and like to run outside when it's nice. And uh, I was running and bumping into all kinds of people. And I, you know, asked, what's going on? And it was the night that Florida Georgia Line was, uh, was yeah. here at, uh, at First Ontario Center. Uh, you know, a couple weeks before that, um, you know, on Augusta Street, uh, going for a pint with my uncle, uh, Uncle Sam, and uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of women were were downtown, and the Dixie Chicks were around. So when events like that happen, it brings out all kinds of people to the core. When you know, when we have events at the convention center, uh, people are buzzing about, uh, you know, about the area and walking to restaurants, coffee shops, and and it it is it is starting to uh, to really really take a new new life form. 
uh, here in the core. Absolutely. And I mean, on the national scale, I think, uh, you know, Canada as a whole has, is beginning to realize that just with the fact that Hamilton has hosted the Junos back in 2015. We have the, the Vanier Cup uh, last year and this year, and next year we're slotted to host the, uh, the Canadian Country Music Awards. These are big national events, and, uh, and Canada as a whole is, uh, is really taking uh, recognition to Hamilton now. Is it a chicken and egg thing, though, PJ? Uh, you talk about events which draw people to the downtown, but people are down here anyway, and now you've got establishments and restaurants. So, so you can go to a Dixie Chicks concert, or you can go to an event at the convention center, some of the great acts that you brought in there. Uh, and there's places to go uh, within a couple of blocks of there. I mean, in the old days, it was, well, if you can get a seat at Shakespeare's, good mm-hmm. luck with that. You know, you talk to Franco and see if he can squeeze you in. Uh, <laughs> but, and there wasn't a whole lot else going on. But, I mean, within a stone's throw of, of the facility that you guys have got in First Ontario Centre, uh, look at the options that people have reached. That wasn't there 10 years no, ago. No, and a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, entrepreneurs, uh, you know, took a leap of faith at the time. And, you know, I certainly give give credit to the art movement. You know, the art crawl certainly, you know, played a role in that in that early faith uh, and, and movement. But, uh, but you know, since then, you look along James Street and, and you know, you look at Born and Raised, you look at Lake Road and, and people that took took leaps of faith on Hamilton. You look at the Augusta Street movement, mm-hmm. too. Uh, you know, Radius and Augusta House and out and about. And you, you've got, you, you know, Lock Street. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Naroma and, and West, you know, West Town's a, an institution on Lock. But, uh, but a lot of these, uh, you know, these... Uh, Hamiltonians, proud Hamiltonians, took a leap of faith on their own city, and uh, and and so it, it certainly is. You know that that leap of faith had to happen in order for the momentum that we're experiencing now to 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 take form. But part of this, I think, is mindset, and 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 I'll, I'm going to throw some props out to you guys and and some others around town here as well, uh, because there's there was an attitude in this city for many many years that says, well, you can't do that. Uh, don't build, don't invest that, don't build, don't open a restaurant downtown. What are you thinking? Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys look at options right this, and instead of saying you can't do that, you're saying, well, how can we make this work? And and it's a, a totally different mindset. And I re- remember talking to your good friend Mark Ferrugia, of course, from sure. La Piazza, and you know, I said to Mark, who in God's name would open a restaurant on James Street with a limited parking? And you know, with very, you can't get a table there mm-hmm. it, because it's a destination. People say, you know what, the service is great, the food's great. And the same thing with the C Hotel. Sure. People drive. They'll go someplace if they know that they're going to get a great evening out of it. And and that's what these guys have done with Matt Kershaw and the establishments he's sure. got down here. You guys have got a whole different attitude now. That this is. I know they talk about entrepreneurial attitude, but I mean, you guys are the embodiment of that. There's a there's a whole plethora of you guys on t- in the city right now that are saying, no, we're going to make this thing work. Absolutely. And it's and it the the. the beautiful thing now is that there's a more collaborative nature amongst all the people in the hospitality movement. Yeah, you're not competing, movement. are you? We're not competing and, and you know, a lot of times we're at the same table in terms of strategizing, you know, the future of, of the city. And, you know, one example of that is uh, all the hotel partners right now, we're working together on introducing a destination marketing program for Hamilton so that that way we could attract more, you know, more uh, conventions and events and activity uh, into Hamilton. And, and, you know, we're at the same table with so all the hoteliers, we're at the table with Tourism Hamilton, we're at the table, obviously the convention center's at the yeah. table, but Mac and Mohawk are at the table as well. And so we're, we're really taking a Team Hamilton approach to this uh, because we know, and you've said it and we've said it many times, a rising tide lifts all boats. And, and that, is, that is a reality that we're seeing. And, and we're able to get more accomplished when we have this type of collaboration because the force of all of us
of us is ma- is what's making the waves uh, for Hamilton. But, but to his credit, your dad actually was one of the leading forces in that. And this is going back a number of years. Uh, because the the tourism and the economic development thrust back in those days was pretty much city hall centric. It was run mm-hmm. by the department, and 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 God bless them. They were trying to do the best that they possibly could. But your dad was one of those people that said, "You got to get the private sector at the table. We're the ones that are going to invest here, uh, you know, and we're the ones that are going to make this work." And he was one of the first people that actually sat on downtown redevelopment boards uh, and kind of got that going. And of course, others have followed. And and now basically, you guys are are, are calling the shots here. And it's that new attitude that's starting to happen, that sense of collaboration, Amar, that really seems to make everybody work. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, to Tourism Hamilton's credit, they're at the forefront of that. Mm-hmm. They made the, well, sure. They made the recognition, uh, you know, five, six years ago, uh, even more so than, than back in Peter Mercanti's days, that you have to engage the private sector in order to get to where the city needs to be. Mm-hmm. And now, once every two months, they hold a roundtable meeting that involves all the tourism partners, not only in the downtown core, but across the mountain and across across the greater Hamilton area, where we engage everybody, we get everybody's input, we uh, kind of plan uh, events and, and, uh, and things into the future of the city. Well, and from your standpoint, with the work that you're doing at the convention center right now, uh, that brochure that you guys put out when you start going around trying to oh, look for business here, yeah. it's a lot more full than it was 15 years ago. I mean, we just talked about some of the outdoor festivals that are sure. coming up, mm-hmm. uh, some of the street festivals, mm-hmm. uh, Heritage Days uh, in, in Ancaster, uh, the downtown street festivals right now. Uh, when you're trying to attract conventions of this city, I mean, you you got a lot to sell. Absolutely. And and again, it's we've made that realization quickly that as, as great as the convention center is, as much value as we offer, you really are selling the city as a whole, as a destination. And because uh, they're only going to be in the hall for like five, six hours exactly, a day, exactly. And they exactly. want to know what else can I do here? For sure, they come, and a lot of them travel travel with their families and yep. with their partners, and and they patronize the restaurants. They go to the uh, entertainment districts. They they visit the theaters and and the uh, and uh, uh, the shopping districts, and and they patronize the, the city as a whole. I had option an opportunity. I had stayed downtown at the hotel a couple of weeks ago, and uh, the underground parking as I was getting up to go to work. Uh, I think it was the Ontario, the only Ontario license plate there, uh, which yeah. which I think, and I see the same thing at Carmen's. I said, what the hell is somebody from Maryland doing at the C Hotel? But obviously the word gets out that this is a great hotel to stay in, a great restaurant, and I'll stay here. This is this is where I want to be, no matter what your business is in the city. For sure, and the infrastructure was desperately needed. You know, we were getting a lot of calls at Carmen's. Uh, the most frequently asked question that our receptionist had for two years was, where's the nearest hotel? And finally, a light went off where we said, <laughs> we said you know, we might need to do something about that because the demand is there. The demand has been there. And, you know, we did our feasibility studies, took a leap of faith. But people are coming to our hotel on the East Mountain for all kinds of reasons, not only for events at Carmen's, but they're visiting, you know, Maple Leaf Foods. They're visiting the Fortino's head office. They're visiting the Car Star head office. Uh, they're, they're uh, you know, meeting family and friends in the area so they're coming up coming from everywhere and it's a pleasure to see and they're always impressed when they when they stay stay with us and stay in Hamilton and, and on that same front I mean down at the convention center we're seeing that international sort of traffic as well uh, this year actually later this summer will be the first time that we host an international conference the American Public Gardens Association which is a, a huge milestone for us considering the uh, the goals that we set when we first came down to the convention center so that's uh, be prepared to see a lot more international license plates uh, <laughs> in the uh, downtown core for sure. What, what what are the next steps in situations like this? I mean, let's let's talk about the here and now. And, and Scott Warren's going to be on the show later on, of course, from uh, a Spectre Venue Management. Of course, they they run uh, uh, the, well Hamilton Place. I'm going to use the old names in First Ontario. <laughs> right. First Ontario Concert Hall now too. <laughs> 
But but the the reality is that the city right now is looking at an evaluation of all of the facilities, including mm-hmm. the convention center, and saying where do we go from here? Now, clearly, you guys are at the table right now. What do, what do you see as the challenges and the goals? Can this can this facility last? Is the city going to have to to make some investments into this right now because it is still a city-owned facility? You manage it for them and do a, a hell of a job, but at the same time, you have to look at realistically the long-term viability here for sure and and the the existing infrastructure works for the today right but you know as we look forward to the future and and looking with a a 10-year 20-year 30-year lens uh you know it certainly merits that that bigger strategic conversation about you know what does uh you know new investment in these facilities look like does it look like a a public-private partnership um, you know, where the private sector is also putting some money at the table. So uh, I think that that conversation has to happen sooner rather than later, recognizing that it's going to take time to manifest. It's going to take, right. you know, years to, to kind of develop the plan and then years after that to, to make it come to to uh, to life. So, you know, so it's important that we have that conversation now because a lot of other cities are investing in their, you know, their tourism infrastructure. So so we need to start to, to have those, you know, those big conversations and, and not be afraid afraid of, of the fact that it may require significant significant change in investments. Uh, you know, when you look at the the uh, the investment that city council made back in the 80s in, in, in the infrastructure, uh, you know, it was important to make and it, it certainly has had a benefit for the city. But if we look at what Hamilton's going to be at in 2020, 2030, 2040, you know, I think that when we when we have a vision for that Hamilton, that there is some you know modernized facilities, you know, in, you know reinvigorated facilities, and I think that that conversation has to happen. And, and the reality, of course, is because of the success you guys have enjoyed and 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 the things that you've done downtown, th- that idea of a public-private partnership that wasn't even on the table 25 mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting that's necessarily the way it's going to go, but it's at least it's a possibility, and that wasn't happening before. For sure, and and as success long as breeds success. For sure, Absolutely. and as long as the the best outcome uh, is manifested for Hamilton that's what matters you know and 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 the good thing is is that you know because of the fact that there's a more collaborative spirit with city hall tourism uh, you know our different partners uh, you know like spectrum management and Scott's uh, you know a great individual who we uh, you know work very well with uh, you know we're confident that we'll be able to keep moving the city forward and pushing the yardsticks forward thanks guys for, for coming in here today and thanks for the great work that you're doing here of course PJ Mercandy and Amar Balika uh, from uh, the Convention Center and, of course, the Carmen's Group. Uh, great stuff, and continue good luck to you. Oh, thank pleasure. you, Bill. Thank you. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.